right, all right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to High Desert Word Center. Who's glad to be in church on a beautiful springtime morning? Yes. Hallelujah. There's no wind blowing. There's no extreme heat. This is a good day. Amen. So we're going to take it and rejoice in it. Praise God. Well, we've got Reverend Ray Bench with us this morning. Yes. And for the first time ever, his wife, Janine, is with us. Yeah. You all have known Ray for over 10 years, and uh, most of us have never seen his wife. We weren't even sure if she actually was existed, but she's real, everybody. So we're just going to have a great time today. And uh, she spoke to the moms yesterday and blessed them, and they learned so much stuff. So it was absolutely awesome. But be ready to hear from God and receive today. This is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Can I get an amen? All right. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. We're going to open up just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we do believe that America's coming to Jesus no matter what it looks like. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Let's speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to take a few minutes to go meet some people, greet some people, give some fist bumps, some hugs, whatever you want to do. And if you don't want to hug, then praise God, we're huggers. So we're probably coming in at you. Just be ready. All right. Very good. All right. Let's go, everybody. salvation morning to night and day to day lift up your voice and thank him our God provides our every need Worship the God of mercy, who gave his life to set us free. Our God is greatly to be praised, nothing in all the earth compares to him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Let every tongue proclaim his praise. 
first in the resurrection. In Jesus Christ, who rules and reigns, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is creation, creation joins to praise Him. Our God is great, our God is great, the sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great. Our God is great, to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to the God of glory and of grace. Everybody get a little love. You feel the love today? You feeling the love? All right, very good. We want you to feel the love. All right, that's what we're all about. Praise God. Well, we got a lot going on, of course, over the next few weeks, so we want to fill you in on all the announcements. I need Brother Lawrence to come on up because tomorrow is the Lyft family picnic at the park. Amen? And so we want everybody to be there. Lawrence and Leah are in charge of our family life ministry, and uh, so he knows what's going on. Give them the beautiful details, my friend. There's a picnic tomorrow. Okay, so who's planning on going? Okay, all right, keep your hands up, keep your hands up. How many of you have a cell phone? Okay, so put it in your cell phone. Because there will there will be some, right now, Miss Katie said, Pastor Katie said it's okay to do it right now. Because there will be those ones that will be like, I didn't know you were having a picnic in the park. 
even though Pastor Dave was up here every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night, announcing it for like nine weeks now, I think since last summer, right? Since last summer. We've been announcing it for like a year and a half. But put it in your calendar. Just bring whatever. People are going to ask, what do I bring? Well, bring whatever. For the, for the love of God, just bring a lawn chair. Come out and just sit and fellowship with us. That's all it's about. Okay? Monday night, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, 630. 8th Street Park. If you don't know where it is, Google it. Okay? I, I, you know what I just realized? I'm putting on my dad voice right now. I'm like, where I'm reminding my kids. I told you where your clothes were. They're in the top drawer, in the back. Okay, so just remember, 6.30, tomorrow night, 8th Street Park. Put it in your calendar. Don't be, and for you people on the internet, 6.30, 8th Street Park. Nobody better say, well, I didn't know you guys were having, why didn't they make an announcement? There will be that one person. Should we give out a prize if someone does that? Ooh, we're going to get a prize. But they won't know because they're probably not, if they're not listening to the announcement, they're probably not listening to this right now. So we're going to come up with a prize, Pastor Dave. What time is it? 6.30. Tomorrow. 8th Street Park. Picnic stuff. Whatever. Go get some Little Caesars, even though it's gross, but whatever. <laughs> Go there. We'll forgive you. I mean, whatever you want to bring. What, a sandwich. What I plan on doing is... Sam Walton is making my sandwiches. You know, they're $6, like, foot long. Whatever you want to get. Just fellowship. That's what it's all about. Because Hydras uh, and Work Center is about families. We're about equipping families. So let's go have fun tomorrow night. 6.30. Where? H Street Park. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Just to be nice, I'll put it on the social media today, too. All right? So, all right, very good. I'm going to have Pastor Katie do the rest of the announcements here because they're just so good. Praise the Lord. Men's meeting's coming up. Men's meeting June 4th at 9 a.m. in Victory Hall. Don't be late. There's going to be food and the word and all men. men. Yeah? Men's meeting? Men? Where's your hoo hoo? <laughs> oh, so weak. That was so, so sad. Praise the Lord. Men's meeting Saturday, June 4th, 9 a.m., Victory Hall. The following weekend is... Uh, well, hold on. We're, we're not to that one yet. So the following weekend is the women's meeting. Second Friday of every month, 630 Victory Hall. Okay? Women's meeting. Men's meeting, women's meeting. And the cake auction is coming right after that men's meeting. So you gentlemen are going to eat your donuts Saturday morning and then go to the ATM and get a bunch of cash. And all that cash is for the Lord. And the Lord is going to use it to help all these teenagers. Teenagers, can you say thank you? Okay, all three of you. That's so lame. Thank you. Okay, so what we do for the cake auction, if you have never experienced the cake auction, is following the Sunday morning service, we have a cake auction right here after service. And people make wonderful desserts. Some of them are actually healthy. Most of them are not. But we have some amazing bakers in our congregation. And what happens is a cherry pie or an apple pie or a blueberry pie goes for ridiculous amounts of money. Here's why. Because it takes the youth and sends them 
to the woods or the mountains or whatever for like four days. So what you're doing, (laughs) what you're doing is you're sowing into the parents of this church freedom for just a little while. And in addition to sowing into those parents, you're sowing into the lives of these teenagers that they would not only continue to work to know the word of the Lord, but they would stick with the Lord through their teenage years and not fall away or drift away, that they would know the value of godly friendships, that they would know that God is fun and that he's interesting and that life with him is better than what the world has to offer. So last time we did this, we took them to a huge resort in Utah that we got the deal of the day on, okay? Because we roll with deals. We're not squandering the Lord's money. But we took them to a lazy river and a beautiful three-story home. And and they got to see that the Lord gives richness and adds no sorrow to it. So we were able to bless them. Several of them, so many of them that went on that trip are now graduating this year. And it's their last trip with the youth group before we tell them, get to work in the church. (laughs) So um, it's their last trip with us. We really want to bless them and tell them thank you for all they've done in the church for all these years, served in so many areas as well. So yes, those pies go for ridiculous amounts of money, but there are also things that go for like $5. So don't count yourself out. Don't say, no, I can't go. And we will have a wonderful, wonderful time June 5th after the 10 a.m. service. And those of you who've been asking me for weeks, guess what? Baptisms are coming. Okay? Baptisms are coming. So June 26th, we're going to have baptisms Sunday morning, but also Sunday night. Our Sunday night crowd has been saying, well, how can I do that? You know, just schedule-wise. So we're also having Sunday night baptisms June 26th, Sunday morning, Sunday night. If you are a graduate and actually in service, could you stand for me real quick? Or is there only one of you? College, high school, uh, eighth grade. I'm going to start calling y'all out or you can just stand. Okay. Stand, stand, stand. Oh, see, some of these I didn't even know. Okay. Uh, Alexis, dear. No, okay. All right. So if we could congratulate Alexis also. (laughs) Congratulations, graduates. Thank you for your hard, hard work. We love you. We've been praying for you. And it is amazing all that you have done this year. So we are so, so proud of you. We will, over the next couple weeks, some of our high school graduates um, have Bibles still, and they weren't able to make it that service. So we'll be praying over them as they come as well. All right, very good. Well, we also want to take a minute to welcome anybody that is here with us for maybe the first time or the first time in a long time. We got a gift for you we want to hand out. This is Sabrina from our welcome team. So if you could real quick, just slip your hand up right back down. We're not going to make you give a speech, but we want to bless you and get you some information about the church. Uh, And and, uh, we got a little gift card for you in there to a coffee shop and stuff like that. So praise God. We will get it to you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It's happy time. We're going to have pastor come on up. It's our Sunday morning tithes and offerings. And we get real happy because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dave, I just think about what you taught on Wednesday night. How many were here Wednesday night? His title was Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire. And 
he, he used John 8, 44, where Jesus said, Satan's the liar, the father of lies. And I, say, I said that to say this. Have you ever heard people just grumble with the church say, that's the most unfriendly church I ever been to? Those people don't care about anybody. I just listened to this, man. Picnic in the park, women's meeting, men's meeting, and all these other things going on. If anybody around here ever, ever, ever tried to sell you that lie that this church doesn't care about anything, all I can say is dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Listen to the wrong spirit. Man, I'll tell you what, this church here is going to love you so many different ways. You're bound to like one of them. <laughs> amen, amen. We care about people. And I, I think about that. Uh, has anybody ever heard that story about that man that was crying out for help? The flood was coming. And uh, uh, people come up the road in the boat. The guy was praying. And he said, no, God, I want you to rescue me. I don't want to get in that boat. And so the water was rising. He's in the house. The water's coming up. And all of a sudden, he's up standing up on top, holding on to the chimney. The helicopter comes past, drops the line down. Says, no, God, I want you to rescue me. I don't want that helicopter. And then he glub, 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 glub. And then he's in heaven. He says, why didn't you rescue me? He said, I sent a boat. I sent a helicopter, but you wouldn't take what I gave you. Well, this church here, if you're a person that's depressed, you're lonely, going through a hard time, and don't know what to do, you cried out to God to help you, man, we sent you a boat. At a helicopter, you got to take the help that God sends you. And in a church like this, we have so many different things going on to help families, uh, single people, married people, people, kids, people without kids, everything there is. And we even got a senior group, but Mrs. Pastor and I are the seniors. <laughs> I said, I, I just said that to say this one time a few years ago, we had, we had a, an old guy coming here. We were at that point in time, didn't have a lot of really old people. We still don't have a lot of really old people. We think old old starts about 95 now, but, but anyway, guy guy asked me said he said I've been coming here for a couple months now said I haven't seen the seniors group, and I said you're talking to him, <laughs> but we we've, we've got something for everybody, and what I'm saying is this: don't let the devil isolate you, and make you be depressed and want to give up on life. Just make yourself be brave enough to come to something going on somewhere and meet somebody in the church besides yourself in your chair. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Now, what time is it? Happy time. time. Hold up your hands in the envelope for your tithes or for your offerings. And, you know, I always like to remind you that uh, when we're we're finished with this, we bring them up to the altar and worship the Lord with them. And a lot of you give online now and give different ways like that. And so come up anyway. God knows you've already given. And come up here and just worship Him as you come up to the altar thanking Him for His blessing on your life. Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Dylan. Dylan, I miss you when you're not here. You got to change shifts or something so you can be here at nighttime sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Dylan, one more time, prime that pump for me. Anybody else excited about the Word of God? Amen. This is Jesus, and Jesus talks to us in Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to end up down at verse 31 in a minute, just read you about four verses. But what this chapter is about is talking about people that are worried about finances. And, you know, if you watch the news now, I think they said something like 68% or something of the American people are now concerned about their future, concerned about what's going on. Well, isn't it good news to know that 2,000 years ago Jesus told us about that, what to do? And so Matthew chapter 6, he starts off telling us that you can't serve God and money. One of them is going to rule you. And so it's whoever you want to serve. And then he talks about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. 
about the things of life. And right now, if this were written today, he'd probably say about the price of gasoline. You know, the doom and gloom prophets are telling us that gasoline is going to go up to $5 a gallon. Well, wouldn't that be a blessing for it to go back down to $5 a gallon here? <laughs> that would be a blessing. <laughs> but, but they're talking about these gas prices, and Jesus talks about the things we're going to need to succeed in life. He gets down to verse 31, and he tells us what to do when we're hearing all this bad news. Therefore, take no thought. Well, that says, take no anxious thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or wherefore shall we be clothed? And so he's saying right there, the key of this verse right here, it says, don't be saying it. You're not going to be saying, oh, what are we going to do about gas? What are we going to do about some vacation this year? What are we going to do about school? What are we going to do about these kids that are outgrowing those shoes again? What are we going to do? He said, don't take those thoughts saying. Amen. You're going to be speaking the word of God where you're supposed to be saying. He said, after all these things do the Gentiles seek. And when I say that Gentiles in this context right here, I like to say non-covenant people. He's talking about people that don't have a covenant with God. How many here are born again through the blood of Jesus? Amen. Amen. Guess what? You have a covenant with God. You're a covenant person. He said non-covenant people worry about where their next meal is going to come from. Non-covenant people worry about what are they going to do if gas goes up another quarter gallon this week, which it might do. It's been doing it every week for a while. And so it says, the Gentiles seek all those things. He said, your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. You notice the word things? Food is things. Clothes is things. Your, your light bill is a thing. All these things are things. It says, God knows you have need of those. But he says right here, verse 33, but seek ye if it gets convenient or if you get really desperate. Seek ye what? First. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be subtracted from you. Added to you. And let, let me tell you what that means. I, I, I think about this passage this way a lot of times. If you're a mom and your finances are stretched and you go to the store, you have a list. You have number one, number two, number three, what you're going to buy. Number one is not cookies and ice cream. Amen. Number one is not a bunch of two, li- two liters of pop. And out here it's called soda. But where I came from, it was called pop. So you're not, you're not seeking all the sweets and the frills you don't need first. The first thing you got on there is something like bread, milk, uh, meat, things your family needs. That's first. And so if you're going to seek God first, the first thing you don't do is go to Disney first thing you don't do is go out and spend all kinds of money on eating out. The first thing you're going to do is put God first is when your money comes in, you say, Jesus, here's your 10% first. And then you've got 90% left and you say, Lord, now I'm getting ready to pay some bills, get ready to do some things. Is there anything else you want me to do first? And you find out what he tells you to do with your money and then you pay your bills and then Jesus said that all these things will be added unto you. I'll tell you what I found out over the years. I've had prosperous days. I've had poor days. And the poor days, I was so grateful when somebody showed up and said, you know what, I've got this laid around. Could you guys use this? Well, my tithe money went to God, but then God gave me something a whole lot better than what I would have bought anyway. Because when God brings it to you like that, whether you pay for it 
or somebody gives it to you, what difference does it make? The needs met. And so one more time I want to tell you, don't ever try to figure out if you can afford to tithe. Just shut up, listen to your heart, the Word of God, and you tithe, and then Jesus adds. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's stand up. Let's stand up. We'll make our financial faith confession and bring your tithes and offerings up up, up to God's altar. And uh, up. Right, Mrs. Pastor, remind me, at, at the end of the service, after, after, after Reverend Bench really, really unloads on us, man, I'll tell you what, he's, he's got good stuff for us. He always does. Then we'll receive an offering for he and for his ministry. Amen. Let's, let's make this financial faith confession and bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar. Are we ready? As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give gesture to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up at the altar as you bring your tithes and offerings. Let's stay up here. The psalm says he inhabits the praises of his people. So let's let him inhabit us and praise him on the day. Amen. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Sing it. Our praise. Oh 
Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands for just another minute this morning. Lord, we love you. And we can say without any fear of contradiction that all of our lives you have been faithful, Lord. There's not one moment that you've turned from us. There's not one moment that you've left us or forsaken us. And Lord, I I pray that as we sing your praises today, as we glorify your name, that this reality, God, that we would get more and more and more of a revelation of how good you are, Lord. We love you. We praise your holy name, Jesus. And we would ask that you would speak to us today. God, tell us what we need to hear, not what we want to hear, Lord. We don't want to just have itching ears that that we just need somebody to tell us everything that we want to hear, God. We want the truth and nothing but the truth today, Jesus. We thank you for freedom in this place as we receive from your word. You are good and your mercy endures forever and ever and ever. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are good all the time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, I'll let you make your way to your seats. Thank you to our worship team. You guys did a phenomenal job today bringing in the presence of God into this house. And so we are grateful for that. Amen. Well, uh, it's uh, it's my honor today that we get to have uh, Ray and Janine Bench with us. And so, uh, amen. Now, a lot of you, Ray's been coming here since about 2010 or 11, I believe, and he has just really been a part of this family and a part of this house the whole time, and uh, they're from Midland, Michigan, but there's, Ray is a deep well. <laughs> I'm telling you right now of the goodness of God. And, uh, and he just always says something. I'm, I'm promised you that absolutely is exactly what we need to hear and changes our life. And, and he's very humble, but I mean, he's, he's got a pretty impressive, uh, life that God's blessed him with. I mean, we were talking yesterday how he studied abroad in England for a semester and all this stuff. And, and he'll come up here and he won't act like that. But I'm telling you, this is a blessed man. He's been successful in business and everything else. And God's going to speak through him and Janine today too. So can we give a Barstow, California welcome to Ray and Janine Bench? Come on, everybody. Yeah. Hallelujah. Come on up. Praise the Lord. All the way from Midland, Michigan with us today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. Amen. Well, give Pastor a good hand clap. Isn't it good to have a good pastor today? Amen. I'm going to ask Jenny, go ahead and be seated. Wow, you guys blessed me and shocked me all at the same time. So I'm waiting for this guy to show up who's supposed to be so good. Amen. Amen. Um, well, of course, this is my wife, Janine. Uh, amen. Give her a good hand clap. Hallelujah. Um, if you haven't heard, uh, my wife is from Cape Town, South Africa. She's a mail order bride. No, she's really not. <laughs> She's shocked this can be who I was. Hallelujah. I met her at Central Michigan University. She had come to study there, a short version. And um, she was saved. I was not when we met. And she is part of the reason. She's part of, I, I say like the breadcrumbs. Remember the old Hansel and Gretel? I know it's a million years ago, right? The old book. They left breadcrumbs in a track. God left me a, a, a way back to God when I first started seeking him again. And part of that was my wife, Janine, and a book she had been given by Brother Hagen on prayer. And we would meet at the library and read it, and he would talk about the move of the Spirit. And I was raised in a denominational church, and they told me that it all ended with the apostles. And I remember sitting in the library that day, and I said, 
he talked about a vision he had. And I said, you mean that still happens? And she said, well, he does it. I said, well, evidently then it still does. Hallelujah. I just, it just wasn't happening for me. Um, but this has been my best friend. I married her uh, 1986. So this December will be 36 years of marriage. Amen. <laughs> 36 of the best years of my life. Hallelujah. So I ask her to just say a, a greet you this morning and then we'll get into the scriptures. Amen. Go ahead. Well, a very warm good morning to everybody. I know you're here to hear from Reverend Ray, but I just want you to know what a delight it is to be with you. All the time that he has been coming, I know you. You don't know this, but he comes home. And he Amen. always talks about this church and the lovely people he meets here and the families and pastor and the children. I feel like I know you. And when I met the ladies yesterday, there was that kindred spirit. It was like, yes, you're my sister. And you know, it doesn't matter where you are in the world, but when you walk into a church where you serve the same Lord and Heavenly Father, Jesus. there Amen. is a spiritual connection that goes above and beyond anything you know, and you like, yes, there's my sister. We can relate. <laughs> you know, there's that bond, there's that love, and nothing else matters. So what a joy to be with you. Ray really does have a wife. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Amen. So wherever you we later. go, Hallelujah. I'm like, yes, I'm Ray's wife. <laughs> so enjoy. We love being with you. All right, bless you all. Good job. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Did you bring a Bible today? Yeah. Hallelujah. Um, let's look at two chapters of Scripture at the same time if we can. If you can do it, go to Joshua chapter 6 and Malachi. Amen. Joshua chapter 6 and Malachi chapter 3. Praise God. Good to be back in the desert. Amen. I don't say that everywhere I go, but it's good to be back in the desert if you're here. Amen. I'm, I'm always amazed at John the Baptist. If you go out to the Jordan River, if you ever get a chance to go to Israel, you should go. It's a great education for every Christian. A lot of things will come into perspective. If you're still looking for the verses, it's, we're going to Joshua chapter 6 and Malachi chapter 3. Um, but... To get to where John the Baptist worked on the Jordan River baptizing people, to Jerusalem is about a day's walk. It's not like you missed your exit and then you're there. You got to want to go there because there's nothing there. The only way to build a ministry under those kinds of conditions is just preach Jesus Christ no matter who shows, who doesn't, and bring the fire of God. Can you say amen? You can't build a ministry in a place like that without the power of God. It's the only way to do it. And I come here and I look at this church here in Barstow and I think about everything that's gone on and what you've done. The only way you can build a church like this here is to bring the, the power of God. Can you say amen? So I think we ought to owe the, the samples and the, all the pastors. Give them a good hand clap. Amen. To build, for building an oasis out here. Where you can get flourish, you can flourish in the things of God, you can find the help of God Almighty. And I meant what I said, you know, if you've been taught that God doesn't move today, you, maybe you believe the same lie I, lie I did. 
I'm here to talk about a risen Jesus Christ. That that we have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is still doing a work in all of our lives and is still visiting people. He's still healing people and he's still delivering people from whatever it is in life that's oppressed you. Can you say amen? Um, just real briefly, I didn't get a chance um, to bring my CDs and such with me. But if you want to get some of those, you can download them. Um, you can go to my website, which is just raybench.com. And you can find there, there's a little uh, tab that will take you to the store. And then all the different CDs that I have, they're downloadable. And if you don't know how to do it, talk to your children. They'll know how to do it. Amen. <laughs> Anymore, there's like two churches, right? If I talk about PayPal, the old people say, well, why would you pay for your friends? And the children understand what I'm talking about. Amen. So you just have to be there for everybody. And then I have a sermon that I taught. I just called, I call it the power of aggression. My nature, but I am a laid back guy. I don't want trouble with anybody. Leave me alone. Amen. And I'll just stay over here. You stay over there. You're happy. I'm happy. Hallelujah. But the Lord dealt with me one day and he gave me a statement. He said, passivity is a luxury you cannot afford because your enemy is forever aggressive. That shook me in about 1993, 1995 and has stayed with me all these years. And I've shared it with different people. I actually have a teaching I do on the power of aggression um, because I had to change the way I carried myself. If you go to work and come home, you think, okay, you know, we've had a good day's work or whatever, accomplished a few things, and you don't mean your neighbor's any harm. The devil is kind of like that neighbor who will park in your driveway. Just because you didn't mean him any harm doesn't mean he doesn't want to take what's yours. And you can pretend that isn't happening, but it's exactly what is happening in our world right now. You might just come and go from work, and and most people do. You don't mean other people any harm. You're just going about your life. But while you are, the devil is at work in our school systems. He's at work in our government offices. He is at work with our laws, trying to change them and rearrange them to make it harder for places like the church to exist. Most Christians don't have any problem with free speech. It's the other way around. They think the church, if you have free speech, should only be in this building, shouldn't be outside of the four door, four walls of the church. But Jesus told us, take the gospel into all the world. Amen. I like to tell people all the time, you know the number one selling book of all time? Five billion copies. Best selling book of all human history. You know why? Because 11 men touched by the power of God and a group of people that were in the upper room would not shut up about what Jesus Christ had done in their lives. And this book can just, the God of this book never lets it be shoved into the corner. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. So um, those are available for you. I'm getting some up and running, but I actually made a keychain to remind people. Um, I don't have those on my website. I will within about a week if you want to get them. You know, look, they're, they're $10. I'm not getting rich off of it. It's not hurting anybody at $10. But if you call me, say, Brother Ray, I don't have $10. I have 7 I will sell it to you for $7 because the idea is to get the word of God in your heart. Can you say amen? Uh, there will be some shipping and stuff, and it's new, so it's not on my website yet. But you give me a few days, I'll have it up and running. So I just use it as a reminder, right? What's that? Yeah, that, that little quote that I have... Passivity is a luxury. I put that on the keychain 
just so you have it before your eyes. That's what the Old Testament says. Take the Word of God, put it before your eyes so you see it all the time, and it's a constant reminder to you. Can you say amen? Well, did you find Joshua chapter 6 yet? Let's read this verses 1 through 5 together here, and then we'll go right into Malachi, and then we'll bring some things together. This is Joshua. This is kind of his first battle. Moses is gone, and he comes now to Jericho. And uh, he's got, you know, he's taken over Moses' old church. He's got about a million or plus people in the church. That's quite a bit for your first time out. Amen. That's two million eyes looking at you. Every move you make, questioning. I know nobody questions the pastor here, but maybe they did in this book. Hallelujah. Questioning what he was doing. And he comes now to Jericho, verse 1 and 6. It says this, now Jericho was securely shut up. Because of the children of Israel, none went out, say none. That's nobody, none. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do for six days. The priest shall bear the seven trumpets of the ram's horns before the ark, but the seventh day you shall march around this city seven times. And the priest shall blow the trumpets, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, Every man straight before him. Malachi chapter 3. Let's pick it up here at verse. Oh, these are familiar verses. I think most people know these verses. But just because you've heard it before doesn't make it less true. Amen. Malachi chapter 3. Let's pick it up here at verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Now just pause, I'm not taking an offering. Okay, just, you know, you kind of like, so programmed, you hear this, oh, what's the preacher want? I don't want anything. Amen? Just let me get to the end of my verses, and then we'll go from there. Hallelujah. Don't get to the end of the story before the storyteller is not right. Hallelujah. Bring all the tithes, verse 10, into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me or test me, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing, that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Isn't that good? It's good for you to rebuke the devourer. I bet it's better when God rebukes the devourer. Hallelujah. So that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. If you have things in your life that seem like they're deteriorating, you can claim this verse. God said he won't let things deteriorate. He won't let the devil destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations say all. All. Those are Christian nations and otherwise. All nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. 
Now, you think about these verses and you think, you know, Brother Ray, what do these verses have in common? What's the, what's the theme? I want to talk a little bit about breakthrough. I want to talk about breaking through walls that have been up for a while. Do you ever fight something for one day, two days, ten years? And over the course of time, it almost feels like you're kind of destined in life, like this is your portion, this is how it's going to always be for you. Maybe nobody's ever been there before. Seemed like one day the poverty truck pulled up in my life, dumped a whole bunch of trash, and looked like it was going to stay there forever. Just, this is kind of your lot in life, you're never going to get ahead. This is how you're going to live now, get used to it. Here in Joshua's day, Joshua comes along and he comes to Jericho. They've been marching now for how long in the wilderness? Who knows? Forty years. Forty years you've been marching. You know, when you take a church over after forty years, the people are looking for something a little bit different this year. What else, pastor, have you got that you could kind of wow us with that will cause a breakthrough? But the answer from God that God gave Joshua wasn't that you change what you do, but that you continue in what you do. It wasn't, okay, well now go do, now what you need to do is walk on your hands for a while. Thank God he didn't say that. But he said, I, you, God, we've been marching for 40 years. What should we do? Keep marching. Continue in your, in your continuing. Brings your breakthrough. Jericho's walls hadn't just been built yesterday. They've been there a long time. As far as Joshua and the people can look that way, you know what they see? Wall. You look this way? Wall. Some historians will say that they were so wide that, that they had chariots on top and they could race three side by side. That wall was so thick. And yet God tells Joshua, if you will continue marching and doing this every day for six days, on the seventh day, do it seven times, and then do it the way that I say. Say that with me. Do it the way that God says. Our problem is we keep trying to change what God said. We want to have church a modern way, but you can't modernize God. Amen. There's only so many ways to get close to God. Prayer, Bible study, consecration, forgive your brother, love your neighbor, amen. These are the ways of our God. And nobody has the right to come along and reinvent and change that once God set it up. Can you say amen? But Joshua's there anyways, and these walls, I don't know about anybody else. I've had walls that I didn't come down overnight. The first year. The third year. The fifth year. The sixth year. All those years that Joshua had been doing everything right. He's out in the wilderness. He's having to march. He should have never had to be there. Joshua and Caleb, they're the ones that the Bible calls they're of another spirit. They're of a spirit of faith. And all, when they see the giants, they're ready to go fight, but the people aren't. And the, they get drug out into the wilderness for 40 years and go through all of this. Those walls stood there waiting. Have you ever been there before? And yet here we are, and the, the issue and the answer from God is, don't start doing something you've never done. Continue in doing what you've been doing. In Malachi chapter 3, God talks to them about tithing. 
They're calling God, they're calling on God saying, what's going on? Why is our nation so cursed? What terrible, all these terrible, crazy things happening to us. God, this is Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. It's going to be 400 years now before Jesus comes in the beginning of the New Testament in Matthew 1. And Malachi is there and God is talking to them. He says, you know why you're having these issues? Because you, you stopped tithing. Tithing started with Abraham back in the book of Genesis. It wasn't a new doctrine. It wasn't something, does this make sense to anybody? It wasn't something they just heard yesterday. They were raised with this, but somehow they let it drift. And when they lost their consistency, I've been married to my wife, like I said, coming on 36 years this year, but I have to still be consistent. I can't just be a good husband six days a year. If I came home 363 nights of the year but didn't come home the 364th, there are going to be questions. It's consistency that brings the beauties in life. Make sense? What brought the breakthrough, what took down Jericho's wall, wasn't because they marched one day and said, there, now that ought to do it. It wasn't because they marched two days and said, there, God, isn't that enough? What was happening in Malachi chapter 3 is they were getting, they were getting the curse let in because they were becoming inconsistent in their giving and in their tithing. I know there's nobody here, just stretch your imagination, they go to different churches. Hallelujah. But when they got inconsistent, it began to cause problems. Do you ever get a car and the motor isn't consistent? Or the air conditioning isn't consistent? It works some of the time. You know, it never breaks down when you don't need it. Right? We we used to have a, a Pontiac Sunbird and uh, is old. Some of the guys remember the old points and condensers. And you had to you had to start the car. You had to lift the hood. It was a seven sixteenths wrench. I kept it under the front seat of the car. You had to loosen up the top of that distributor cap a little bit and turn it just right. Then I could reach in and start the car, but it wouldn't go good at that setting, so I had to dial it back, and you had it all marked and set. And I got long arms, but Janine didn't like doing all of this. Hallelujah. You couldn't rely on it. It wasn't consistent. What God is saying here to these people, what will cause your breakthrough, What's going to answer for you isn't to change this into something you've never done before, but is consistently doing the things that you've been taught to do. Can you say amen? Just because it wasn't a new revelation to you that you just got this morning, doesn't mean that it isn't powerful. I like something again that Dr. Hagen said. It, yeah, he, it was such a blessing when I heard this. He told, he said this, he said, you know, he said, I got a call in the middle of the night. And I go to the phone, you know, the old phones was on the wall a million years ago, right? On the cave wall, hallelujah. And he said, I went to the phone and I stubbed my toe on the way to the phone. When I get to the phone, I'm, I'm reeling because my, I know this is nobody else, but this, this works for me. I, amen, I relate to this. He said, I'm reeling in pain because my toe is pointing out to the side. And he said, because I, I hit it on the furniture and this person is calling on the phone and they want prayer. He said, I don't feel an ounce of anointing. None. Zero. Zip. None. I don't even want to be on the phone talking to these people. I know this never happens to you. Just 
Just me. I'm the only one. Hallelujah. Stretch your imagination. And he said, he said, now in that state, feeling no anointing, my toe in pain, middle of the night, I'm half asleep. He said, I am still quoting the same verses to them as I do when I'm in the pulpit. Then he made this, he made this statement. This is what really helped me. He said, I learned the multiplication tables and I'm similar. I learned in math, we had math multiplication tables. I learned that back in the seventies. I know I'm ancient of days. In the seventies, they told me that two times two is four. Is it still two times two? Is that still four? Did it change because I didn't learn it last week? Is it less true at two in the morning when I'm half asleep? than it is at nine in the morning when I'm feeling good and I've had a donut or two. It's no more true one time or the other. Three times three, it was nine back in 1974. Is it still nine? So it hasn't changed. The truth is what we got going on in our nation. People trying to rearrange the truth to make it what they want. The truth is still the truth. It was the truth back then. It's still the truth today. It's consistently always true the way you the way you get breakthrough in your life if you've been facing the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again uh, for me it was a situation of poverty just like it moved into my house and didn't want to move out john osteen god bless pastor john osteen he's gone home to heaven now he's not pastoring the church he's gone home to heaven Pastor Osteen said this. He said, I was preaching away and somebody was causing grief in my church. He said, and the Lord gave me this open vision. He said, and in this vision, I saw this demon. And and it was taking like all this dirty laundry out, putting it on a laundry line and running it out for everybody to see all the dirty laundry of our church, all the problems. And he said, I, I looked at that demon. I said, I curse you in Jesus name. And he said, when I did that, the demon turned around from what he was doing and he looked at me. He said, and I looked at him. And he looked at me. He said, but for a period of time, nothing changed. He said, but I just stared at him. He stared at me. He said, it seemed like for the longest time. He said, and as I stared at him, he said, I looked and he got just a little bit smaller, like from 100% down to like 90%. He said, and I just stared at him, and he stared at me. He said, I looked at him, and he looked at me, seemed like the longest time, and he shrunk just a little bit more. But he just kept standing there. He didn't leave right away. And he said, over the course of time, he shrunk and shrunk and shrunk until he got little, little nymph, and he just ran out the back door. But I'll never forget that illustration because it helped me because every problem just doesn't immediately leave. Have you been there before? But if you stay, say stay. If you'll stay until the devil leaves, if you'll stay until the devil leaves, you stay with your marriage, you stay with your kids, you stay with the blessings of God, you stay with the word of God, you stay when you don't feel good, you stay when you like the sermon, you stay when you don't like the sermon. You just stay where God put you and you keep marching around Jericho even when you don't understand why are we doing, why I used to say, why do I go to the weird church? You know, Peter Peter is with Jesus on the boat. He says, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And he comes out on the water, right? And he makes it for a while and then he sinks. But Peter's got a brother, Andrew. He's still in the boat. I don't know how your parents talk. My mother would have said, Ray, look at your family. Look at your brother. He's not out of the boat. Why are you out of the boat? 
Why do you go to that weird church? Your brother doesn't have to get out of the boat. They don't give extra offerings in their church. Don't make me call you all down here to the altar. (laughs) Tell me you haven't been at a family reunion lately. Hallelujah. But out there on that water, even though Peter didn't get it for long, he found the miracle working power of God. If he would just stay with the word of God that called him out of that boat. Can you say amen? And he found a world that his brother Andrew would never ever find. He touched the power of the almighty God. And he's being prepared for his future. And nobody even knows it yet. Can you say amen? Amen. Let's read some more verses. Is that all right? Go with me to um, 1 Chronicles chapter 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Verse 4. You know, when the, when the children of Israel came into the promised land, they took Jericho, and then they took many other cities. You can read through the book of Joshua, and they're all listed there. And then David comes along, and he becomes king, and everybody knows the story about David. Those are great verses. But here we are in First Chronicles chapter 11, verse 4. It says, And David and all Israel went to Jerusalem, which is Jabez where the Jebusites were, the inhabitants of the land. So what had happened is Joshua took the land and he took and he conquered as many areas as he could. That's pretty good business. We have the time that God sent down all the, you know, the hailstones in Joshua chapter 10. We have all the different cities of Ai and such that he took in Jericho like we talked about earlier. But there was one city that was owned by this group of people called the Jebusites, the descendants of Jabez. And it was on top of this hill. And because it was on top of a hill, it was, it was really hard to ever take it. So the children of Israel just kind of lived with it. You ever have something in your life, you just kind of live with it. And here, David is, when he becomes king, he looks this all over. Verse 5 says, But the inhabitants of Jabez said to David, You shall not come up here. In other words, look, David, a lot of people have tried this since the time of Joshua. All of the judges, everybody's come and gone. Nobody's ever taken this city. You're not going to take this city. Go about your business. Leave us alone. This is ours. Right in the middle. I mean, you understand the whole city or the whole nation of Israel was their dream promised to them from God. And when they get there, there's just one little place that they can't take. You ever had that in your life before? Verse 5 again. But the inhabitants of Jabez said to David, you shall not come in here. Nevertheless. Say that with me. Nevertheless. David took the stronghold of Zion. That is the city of David. Today we know that city not as the city of Jabez, but as the city of Jerusalem, the city of David. He not only conquered it, he named it after himself. Dr. Sumrall, before he went home to heaven, he's gone now. He used to say, make every obstacle your throne. Once you conquer it, whatever it is, when you conquer it, He said, then you sit there and you tell everybody the great things that God has done for you. 
Remember the story about the Gadarene, the demoniac, the man with a legion of demons. He wanted to go with Jesus, and Jesus said, No, go back to your city and tell everybody what great things God has done for you. In the early days of Pentecost, if somebody got saved or healed or delivered, or maybe they had like polio and they had crutches or braces on their legs, they'd get them healed, they'd take those braces and they nail them to the back wall. When you walked into the church, they'd have a whole lineup of people that had gotten healed and delivered, and it was like a trophy rack to the power of the Almighty God, bragging about what Jesus Christ had done in their lives. Nevertheless, no one had ever done it before. David didn't care. That whole, you're just going to have to cope with the thing. David said, no, I'm not. You boys are leaving. Nevertheless, David took the city, the stronghold of, of Zion, that is the city of David. Here's how he did it, verse 6. It says, whoever attacks the Jebusites first shall become chief and captain. And Joab, the son of Zariah, went up first and he became chief. Then David dwelt in the stronghold and there they called it the city of David. And he built the city around it from, from the Milo and the surrounding area. Joab repairing the rest of the city. So David went on and became great. You Just because you've had a problem stay in your life doesn't mean your problem has to stay in your life. Just because you've never beat it before doesn't mean that you can't beat it today. I don't care how long you've been sick, you don't have to stay sick. I don't care how long you've been poor, you don't have to stay poor. I don't care how long you've been a failure, you don't have to stay a failure. I don't care how thick the walls of Jericho are. I don't care who all has looked at them. I don't care how solid they built them. I don't care how good the brick and mortar is. I don't care how much they brag about them. I don't care how many enemies are on top of them. I don't care what's gone on before that nobody's ever done this in your entire family. I don't know anybody who's known anybody who's ever done this. I don't care. Did God say to take the city? Yes. Then take it. Then take it. Did you ever have one of those, I've never done this before days? You know, David comes comes to his feet. You know, it's kind of like this, if if you allow me to just kind of put it this way. David almost comes to his team and he says, you know, God's dealing with me to take this city But I don't feel the anointing on me to take the city. Does somebody here have the anointing on them to take the city? Kind of like the pastor says, you know, I feel like we should pray for the sick. I want to bring all the elders up to pray for the sick. What's he saying? I feel like the anointing isn't in me today. God wants to flow through other people to do it. So David stands up and he says, we're going to take the city of, of the Jebusites, but I'm not going to take it. You're going to take it. What's he doing? He's relying on his mighty men. He's going back to what he's always done. I trust the anointing in the people around me. I trust that God doesn't want to just use me. God wants to use my team. God wants to use my people. God wants to anoint the richest of us, the poorest among us. Is there anybody here that feels like you have the anointing or God's dealing with you to do this? And here this Joab stands up. He says, I got this, boss. I got this, boss. If you read it in the book of Samuel, it says that they they went up through the drains or through the sewage system. I guess they never thought to set a guard over the sewers. David's men said, that's as good an elevator as any. If you got enough backbone, enough fight, 
if you're man enough, if you're strong enough to dig a little bit, to put in a little work other people won't put in. You can see things. You can see the power of God that other people will never see. God will take you to a realm. You can experience a blessing that everybody won't ever know. You can know the victory of the Almighty God. While everybody sits here and says it can't be done, I'm too busy doing it to go to your meetings. I can't be bothered. I'll never forget one day, the pastor walked in my office and he closed, closed the door. And he sat down and he said, he said uh, I want to buy a plane. I want you to help me. You want to buy a what? You want who to do what? I don't know, maybe you bought a bunch of planes I never had. You put one on your plane list and it's no big deal to you. My jaw hit the floor. He said, I want to buy a plane, I want you to help me. So we began to call and we began to look and we began to dream and he'd sit down in my office and talk to me and I'd take notes out and what are you looking for and how how do you want to do and he had had a plane years before and then one of the staff good hearted people sometimes make bad decisions they made a mistake and it cost the ministry $87,000 pastor had to sell the plane as a result you can get his testimony I hired in. He was he was flying commercial and he was running around the country as best he could to help people like you and and other nations. And we would drive any time that he could, and then he'd fly the rest of it. And then he'd come home and pastor our church. And the man just never stopped. He just go 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 go. And he, I remember he came in my office, closed that door, and says, "Now's the time. I want you to help me buy an airplane." Well, man, I felt like I have no idea what we're doing, but if you want to do it. I'll help you. Is that crazy or smart? I don't know. Maybe a little of each. But you know, if you're going to walk with God, you just got to have a little bit of faith you can't explain to anybody. Can you say amen? He, pastor, began to dream his dream, and he'd he'd go and he'd get a magazine on airplanes, and he'd circle two or three, and I'd call and get all the information, started a file, and it went from one plane to ten planes. I bet we looked at 100, 150 planes. We just kept going and going and going and going and going and going. And it looked no closer at the end of the 150 than it did when we started. He just kept dreaming. He kept praying. He kept talking to God. And he talked to us and we'd put our faith on it. Maybe we do this. Maybe we do that. We just kept working it, kept working it, kept working it, kept working it, kept working it. One day we were in Chicago. He was He had flown down. I had driven from Midland to Chicago, and I forgot to move my watch an hour back because an hour time time change. And when I went to go to his room to get him for the meeting, it, I was actually an hour early. Didn't mean to be. He always gave me a key to his room so I didn't have to wait. And I I keyed in, and and when I got in there, I looked, and he was by the side of the bed, and he was on his knees. He pulled back the the top sheet so it was a clean sheet, and he was on his knees praying. I said, oh, Pastor, I'm so sorry you're praying for the meeting. He said, no, Ray, said, I'm desperate for a plane. I've got to have one. I can't keep running this pace anymore. I've got to have something that it just buys me time. It helps me time-wise. So I went home. We did that meeting, made that whole trip, came back, and I began to sit down with our administrator and different things, and we began to talk, and we all got on the phone that day and began to call his partners and friends to see if they would consider stretching their faith. And in that day, we raised $35,000 for the airplane. That was a down payment. 
Helped him buy three airplanes totally. He's gone on to two more since I left. But in that day, it was as much as Joshua taking Jericho. It was so impossible. The building payment on our church was set to go up so much money every year, assuming that the church would grow and we could pay it off. But instead, the big corporation in our city was downsizing and a lot of people lost their jobs. And so the church was shrinking and the payment was going up. I know you've never been there before, but it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There are times we're on reduced pay for for weeks and and half pay for a little while and whatnot. And then in the middle of all of that, God says, buy a plane. Okay. The miracle now, and those of you who know me, is my... Son is now the chief pilot of Mark Barclay Ministries all these years later. My wife, Janine, God bless her, she worked, we opened a daycare in our house thinking it would only be a little while and it took 25 years before we could afford to close it down, but we stayed, say stayed. We became consistent in what God gave us to do. We never missed church, never missed a conference, always put our tithes and offerings into the house of God. And over the course of time, we began to see the Jebusites fall. We began to see the Jebusites fall. I want to praise God today for consistency. For staying with it when you can't understand it. For staying with it when you don't get how this... When you don't see the dream getting any closer, but by God, God told me to do this and this is going to work for me. Can you say amen? Let's go on, if you would. Would you turn with me? Let's go in the New Testament a little bit. Hallelujah. Let's look at the Gospels. Hallelujah. Get my notes right here. In Luke chapter 13. We want to move along here. I, you guys are listening so slow, I can't hardly get preaching fast. Hallelujah. Luke 13.10, we're just going to hit this real quick. It says, And now as he was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. You know, sometimes people don't get healed. We People come up with funny doctrines. Well, I don't know, maybe it's the Lord's will to teach you something. No, it's not the Lord's will to teach you anything. The Bible is the Lord's will to teach you something. The preacher is the Lord's will to teach you something. The Holy Spirit has come to teach you something. The disease was sent from the devil. He didn't give it to you to teach you anything. At least nothing good. Can you say amen? You don't have to live with it. For 18 years, and she could in no way raise herself up. When Jesus saw her, he said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Go with me to John chapter 5. Verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And it talks about that there was a man there at the sheep gate. Skip with me down to verse 5. John 5, 5, it says, Now there was a certain man there who had an infirmity for 38 years. You know, if you've been broke for 38 years, 
you've been poor, even for 38 days, you feel like this is permanent now. But God says, no, it's not. I don't care how long it's been here, it's leaving. It's leaving. And Jesus began to pray for this man, and of course most people know it as a great miracle. Go with me to Luke chapter 22. Be my last verse. Twenty-two thirty-nine. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. And coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom, and his disciples also followed him. So this is Jesus. He's getting ready to go to the cross, and he knows what's coming. So he decides, I'm going to go spend a time of prayer in, in the garden there so that I'm ready before all of this testing comes on me, right? So let's let's go back here and pick it up. In verse uh, 39, goes to the Mount of Olives, as was his custom. In other words, he had done it several times before. That's how Judas knew to meet him there when he wanted to trade on, be, you know, turn him in. He came to that place and he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and there he knelt down and prayed. Can I ask you a question? Is this the only time in the Bible you see where Jesus prayed? Had he done it before? He went up onto the mountain and he sent the multitudes away. He went up onto the mountain and there he prayed. Before he ever walked on the water, there he prayed. When he healed a lot of people in the one city, the Bible says, and they they were trying to find him because everybody was looking for them. I think it's Luke chapter 2. And it says that they couldn't find him because he was out in prayer. Isn't it something that Jesus' greatest hour, when his biggest test is coming, his greatest time of need, he doesn't do something he's never done. He doesn't look for some weird, wild, woolly doctrine he's never heard preached before. He doesn't go find a new pastor. He says, I'm going to stay with what God gave me. Pray that you may not enter temptation. And he went from them about a stone's throw, and there he prayed. 42, Father, if it is your will, take this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 43, here it is. <coughs> and an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he quit and gave up. Is that what it says? Being in agony, he prayed the more earnestly. He didn't change. He stayed with what God gave him. He stayed with what God gave him. I don't care what you're going through today. Your answer is not in changing everything in your life in order to get a breakthrough. It's consistently staying with what God gave you. It's consistently walking in prayer. It's consistently giving your tithe, which they forgot to do in Malachi chapter 3. It's in consistently marching like Joshua did. It's in, it's, it's in, I don't care if it's been here 38 years, like the sickness, 18 years, you're bowed over, everybody's asking you what's wrong with you, why don't you do this, why don't you do that, why do you drive that old junky car? Why do you think I'm driving this old junky car? You think I got an old junky car, love? I love to sit and push it on the side of the road in the heat. Yay. Not going to say the word moron, but I'm thinking it really loud. Driving it because this is the best I got. 
And the best I got still isn't good enough today. But God. Say that with me. But God. When you consistently keep doing what God told you to do, then the breakthrough comes. Even for my pastor told that testimony, his answer wasn't in moving cities. His answer wasn't in, I'll go do something. I'll come up with a marketing scheme. Let's put something crazy on the internet. Let's sell pieces of toothpicks from the cross. Water from the Jordan River. We'll give you a carpet that I knelt on. Hallelujah, I'll be quiet. How about let's just walk with the Almighty God. And God begins to tear down Jericho's walls. God begins to give you power over the Jebusites. God begins to give you a victory. God begins to give you a strength. God begins to answer your prayers. God begins to get in motion. Sometimes it isn't one miracle. The Bible refers to a thing called a working of miracles. It's not just one thing. It's several things strung out over a period of time. And good things begin to happen in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. I need to wrap up. But I can't wrap up without praying for some of you. If you're at a wall, you're fighting a battle. It isn't, Ray, it isn't just one day. It's not even one year. It's been going on now for a season, 10 years. It's been going, God, God knows, I have hit this thing and I have hit this thing and I have hit this thing. And here it stands staring me in the face. If that's you, would you stand to your feet? I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, you've got a stubborn demon in your life. You've got a stubborn thing that you've been fighting. I want to pray for you. God sent me here today. I got a lot of things I could preach this morning. God sent me here today to help you break down this wall. You don't have to live like this. If it's all right, can I open the altars if we got time? Why don't you come down? If you'd like prayer, come down and I'll, I'll pray for you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. You know, Pastor, I was, I was preaching in the Carolinas. Come on up, everybody. Just crowd in. I'll, I'll get to everybody. I was preaching away in the Carolinas and I wrapped up and I got done. That was on a Sunday night. I flew home Monday and on Tuesday the pastor called me and he's weeping on the phone. And I said, what, what's going on? What's happening? He said, you know, after you left, he said, my house is in disarray. They found a leak. When they went to go find, get, get rid of the leak, they found it had rotted the floorboard in my house. He said, and they've actually tore the entire first floor of my house out. You can see down into the basement. It's just, it's terrible. And he said, one of my armor bearers was driving along and he was helping me. He's been helping me with the renovation. And he said to the Lord, he said, Lord, why does my pastor have to live like this? The other pastors that I know, they don't have to live like this. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Bless my life. He said, son, he doesn't have to live like this. He just is. And he went back and he, this armor bearer, this armor bearer went back and he began to look up all the verses I had taught that weekend on the ministry of helps. Just what I'm talking about, about the anointing and then the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pray for you first. I'm going to pray for you first. 
And that armor bearer began to call some of the leaders of the church and talk to him about the pastor and what he needed. And in two hours, they raised $17,000 and paid for everything that the pastor needed. Because the Holy Spirit spoke back and he said, he doesn't have to live like this. He just is. But see, it takes some people with some gumption, with some fight, with some backbone, with some spine. Said, I don't have to keep living like this. We don't have to stay this way. I don't have to stay sick. I don't have to stay broke. I don't have to stay with my dream a million miles away and not have ever have a chance to walk into it. I don't have to stay this way. You don't have to be like this. I curse all of your enemies. I don't care what it is, sickness, disease, poverty, debt, lack. You don't give up on yourself. You don't say, I'm some kind of a lost cause. I'm destined to always be this way. This is my lot in life. It is not your lot in life. You dream your dream. You you dance, you shout, you giggle, you laugh at the devil. You spit in his face if you feel like you have to. You don't ever let him discourage you to the point where he feels like he's got the victory and he can take you out. He is not going to take you out. I curse that in Jesus' name. You're going to rise and know the miracle working power of the Almighty God. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to begin to blow on the sails of his ship and take him to where you desire for him to be. In Jesus' name, he has worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked and worked. Lord, I thank you that now you're going to get involved and blow, Lord Jesus, and fill his sails and put some life behind him. In Jesus' name, we aren't doomed to live like this forever. Janine, come on up here and help me. In Jesus' name. We don't have to. We don't have to live like this. We don't have to. We don't have to live like this. In Jesus' name. No! We don't have to. We're not staying here. We're not backwards. We haven't done something so evil or wrong to cause these things to happen. That was always the devil's words to me. You did this, Ray. You're such a lost cause. You're just going to stay this way. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going to pick up my sword. I'm going to swing it one more time. I don't care how tired my shoulders are. I'm going to swing this one more time. And God's going to go to work for me. He's a liar. The devil is a liar. He's a liar. I don't have to stay this way. I don't care how long the walls have been up. You know, I, I want to say something. I say it in front of you just because I, I know we're friends. But I don't like it when we tease about ethnicities as if one ethnic group is stuck with poverty while others are not. I curse those wrong words. No, we're not. We're not staying this way. We're not staying this way. The winds of change by the hand of God are beginning to blow now over us. 
Shela bada gosho godo bondo godo na ma 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 ma. Gele beche kele beder gele beder gele beder don bom bom bosho We're not staying this way. We're not. Say it with me, everybody. Say we're not. We are not. We are not staying this way. Shela bada gosho godo bondo gosho godo bondo gosho godo you fight you you've been fighting you keep fighting these walls are coming down i just came to encourage you you're like an encourager other brother and i came to encourage the encourager today you're gonna win you don't give up on your dream you keep praying your prayers you keep dreaming your dream you keep speaking life to it good things are going to happen in jesus name You know that Satan, he's like a master teacher. He'll repeat lessons. Oh, you learn it at six. He'll repeat it when you're 10 or 12. Bring it back at 14. Finally, by the time you're grown up, you hardly feel like you can never get away from it. I curse that in Jesus' name. We are not the devil's chalkboard for him to write on our lives. We belong to the Almighty God. In Jesus' name, Lord, bless my friend Dylan. May his dreams come true. May the investments, Lord Jesus, he's made into this house bear fruit and bring a great return back into his life and his family. In Jesus' name. Say it again. We are not staying. Say it with me, sister. I am not staying. I am not staying with this wall. This wall is coming down. I'm going to march on. And I'm going to become great. And I'm going to do something for Jesus. Just like David did. Because I serve the same God. I serve the same God that David did. I have the same spirit that Jesus did. He's the same miracle worker. I'm going to see a change in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you. You would never do to us what people have done. You would never treat us the way people have treated us. In Jesus' name. I I could say this in general. Over the course of time, a lot of people had, had people let them down, but you have too. Big promises, big talk. Things haven't come through. I bless you today in the name of Jesus. God is going to come through for you. God is going to come through for you. In Jesus' name. He would never treat us the way people have treated us. He would never make big promises and then walk away and not fulfill them. He's just not like that. His integrity is too pure. We don't have to stay this way. Lord, I thank you for your beautiful daughter that's here in your house. Working and doing all that she knows and getting up and Lord, the worries and the cares. I can see it almost, Lord, as she walks her home, the the worries that get on her life and the thoughts and at times discouragement comes. Just can't, Lord, I just, I can't see. I can't see how this is going to ever. And yet the word of the Lord comes to you, sister. You don't have to stay this way. Jericho's walls can't come down. 
It is not too good to be true. In Jesus' name, you hear me? In Jesus' name. Jesus name Lord I thank you that whatever the wall is I curse it in Jesus name it's going to begin to crumble I don't care if it's Lord at times like that demon Pastor Osteen saw just it's going to get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And we're going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And we're not leaving. It's going to shrivel up and die and run away in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I bless you, sister, in the name of Jesus. These things you pray for, that you covet, you talk to the Lord about. Even though, I, I want to say for years now, maybe even as a young child, I see almost like a, a little girl beginning to talk to the Lord. He saw every one of them. He saw the tears. He saw the trials. He saw the difficulty. He saw the mistreatments of people. It's come now with the power of the Almighty God to begin to bind up the brokenhearted. Your heart has been really, really hurt. Some deep cuts have hit you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. You bind up the brokenhearted. Sew back together, Lord, this gash in her heart that I see. I bless you, sister, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. That's the power of God. That's him talking to you. In Jesus' name. It's not too good to be true. You're not staying. It's a good place to be at the altars. Shalom. I wish I was that smart at that age. Jesus' name. Bless my sister, Lord, in Jesus' name, your daughter. Bring her dreams, answer to her prayers, the thing that she needs, Father, in Jesus' name. Shalom. There's one that you just keep repeating to the Lord over and over and over and over and over again. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, now answers are going to become. Things are going to get rearranged. The right people are going to come into her life. In Jesus' name. I'm going to say to you what I said. He heard you. He heard you. You're not going to stay this way, sister. It's not his plan at all for you to stay this way in this discouragement, this despair. In Jesus' name, this is not the way you're going to live out your days. Amen. In Jesus' name. Is this your little one? Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for healing 
for health, for wholeness. I thank you, Lord, that you will get involved in his life and be the provider for him. Lord, you'll be whatever he needs in his life. You'll be a strength to him. You'll be a father to him. Lord, you will take care of him the days of his life. I thank you, Lord, that you will put him on your shoulder and carry him through his early years. He won't know the world the way that the others have. He will walk with you and know the voice of the Almighty. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We're not going to stay. I'm going to say it again. We're not going to stay this way. We don't have to stay this way. Get used to saying this. It came to pass. It didn't come to stay. It's just a season. It's not here forever. One day this is going to change. I'm going to turn the corner and breakthrough is going to be mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you for health and I thank you for healing in my brother. I thank you for strength in these years and this time of his life, Lord. Thank you for breakthrough in his life. Prosperity and blessing in Jesus' name. You know, I love about God. He doesn't say you have to be of a certain IQ or graduate from the right school or be in the right family or rub shoulders with the right people. He says, you just please me and I'm going to cause you to run upon the high places of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Bless you. Thank you. Raise your hand up, everybody. Pray with me. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, that her dreams are going to begin to come true. We don't have to stay this way. I don't care how long it's been here. That's the part of this whole day that just really stayed with me. I don't care how long it's been here. I don't care how strong the walls are. I don't care how weak your body feels. I don't care how long you your bank account's been running the wrong direction. I don't care how long the furnace has been broke or the air conditioner has been broke or the oh it doesn't matter about any of those things I curse it all in Jesus name it's time for you to come into the place that God chose for you time for you to begin to come into some like he did for his people good homes rivers floods milk and honey that's the place of our God that the blessing of the Lord comes upon you to make you Rich. Now, people don't really understand that, but that's the blessing of the Lord. The reason it came wasn't to hurt us. It was to make us rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. In Jesus' name. He adds no sorrow to it. Lord, I bless my sister today in the name of Jesus. She works so hard, puts in full days, stays up, and sometimes almost just exhausted trying to get through life and do the do's. Lord, I thank you that you see every day of it. You you help her. You begin to go into motion to bless her. She's not going to stay this way, Lord. Whatever it is that's in her life, you're going to break it off in Jesus' name. 
You hear me? You don't have to stay this way. We're going to fight it back. In Jesus' name. I curse your enemies. You get used to it every day you wake up and you say, Devil, I curse you in Jesus' name. If you don't deal with the devil, he'll just keep working. You got to take your mouth, put the word of God in your mouth and stop him. You say, I curse you, Satan, in Jesus' name. God's blessing me. There's nothing you can do about it. Say that with me. Say, I curse you. I curse you, Satan, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God's blessing me. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm not going to stay this way. I'm going to change. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You put that in your heart. You say it out of your mouth every day. If you have to, you put a reminder on your phone so it tags you first thing in the morning, every morning, that you make your confession and it activates the angels and it activates the things of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And if you got to say it two, three times a day, you keep saying it because that, you're prophesying your future. I am going to change. God's going to bring blessing into my life. Good things are coming to me. I don't have to stay this way. I don't have to walk around this wall forever. It's coming down in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, give this man the answer to his prayer. I put my faith with him in Jesus' name. The answer isn't in changing. The answer is in staying with what you've been doing. Stay in the house of God. Stay consistent. Keep going after the things of God. And the blessing of the Lord is coming upon you. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Give the Lord a good hand clap, everybody, would you please? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. Praise God. Wow. What a good time we've had this morning. Amen. And uh, I received that word for us today that things don't have to stay how they've been. If it's been a burden and a struggle and you've been up against that wall, it does not have to stay that way. Amen. And so we're going to break through that in the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord one more shout of praise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, uh, man, I'm telling you, come back tonight. Uh, we're going to have a really, really, really good time tonight uh, with the benches. And I believe that God's going to really speak into our lives. Uh, so I, I highly encourage you be here tonight at six o'clock. What we're going to do now uh, before we dismiss is we're going to take up our offering for Ray and Janine and, uh, and, and pour into their ministry. Uh, so if the ushers could come on up, we're going to go ahead. And if you need an envelope, you can raise your hand and they'll get one to you. If you're given online, you can uh, click the tab that says guest speaker. There's a tab on there for that. And that'll make sure that we're able to get that over to him. But, uh, I'm, you know, Ray goes all over the world. We just, uh, around December went to, was it Liberia? 
Liberia for the first time, and, and he was telling us some of the difficulty to get in and out of the country with the COVID restrictions and came down to the wire, but he made it back to America. <laughs> uh, maybe he'll share that story sometime. But anyway, uh, as we sow into him, this is a good ministry. This is good ground that we're sowing into, and uh, we're sending him all over the nation and all over the world, Philippines, Africa. He's in Africa a whole lot, and we know that God's using him everywhere. So we're going to give thanks for that. Uh, let's go ahead, and if you've got an envelope or you need one, keep your hand up. They're going to get one to you. And after we dismiss, just bring it on up, and uh, and you can put it in uh, the offering bucket here, and then we'll let you get on your way. Amen. So why don't we go ahead, if we could, and stand up together today. We're going to pray over this. Amen. And we know that as we give, we, we do everything by faith. We are well aware Luke 6, 38 says, give and it shall be given unto you. And we know that's not our motive for giving, but it is the truth that as we sow seed and as we give into, into this ministry, God will bring harvest into our life as we need it. And so we're thankful for that. Amen. Can we raise our hands together today? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the word that has been brought forth today, God. I know so many needed to hear this today, God, that things can change. It doesn't have to stay this way just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it has to be that way. And we thank you, Lord, that there is breakthrough coming as we are consistent to obey you and consistent to do the things that you've taught us to do. We thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for every person giving into this ministry today, Lord, that a harvest is coming back into their life. As Luke 6, 38 says, good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, Lord. It's coming back into them. We thank you. And Lord, I pray over every person here today that your blessing is on these homes, Lord. These marriages are blessed. These families are blessed, Lord. We're healed. We're healthy. We're whole. We're prospering because of you, Lord. Use us this week to be the light of the world to the high desert everywhere we go, Jesus. Use us this week to share the love of God. We love you in Jesus' name. Can we get an amen today? All right. What we're going to do is our Barstow Faith Confession. And after we do that, you can bring your offering up and then you can go hang out with your friends. How's that sound? All right. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. You can bring your